Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And Kyle, I'm I'm kind of curious actually just your breakdown of yesterday because again, they were competitive against a team that we talked about last week that is a solid team. Um, they lost, <laughs> though. Solid team. They had, they had Patrick Mahomes. They won. They're coming off win the Super Bowl. And yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Uh, Sam underselling the champs. This is it, bulletin board material. Okay. Very, very, very good team. We talked. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good team. So there's that. Uh, but again, they lost. Uh, and then we have Justin Jefferson with a. Yeah injury which is again yep. when your best player goes down with an injury uh that's yep. not good news so yeah i just maybe since you've had some time to process this now and it's monday morning kind of what is your main takeaways from from yesterday i think my main takeaway you know and i'll write about this today on purple ptsd i'm kind of looking at the vikings right now as kind of like an incoherent mess um And what I mean by that is, you know, there's talent present. Uh, They're not completely devoid of talent on that roster. They're not, you know, a team that's just intentionally mailing it in for the sake of the top pick, though they may become that team, you know, very soon, depending on how things go. But, uh, you know, just the, the ongoing issues, you know what I mean? At, so so look at look at look at the twin plays that are bookending this game for the Vikings. Okay. Very first play, a Josh Oliver fumble. Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown. The very last play, a sack on current presence where Ed Ingram loses his block. Those are the two plays that are that are bookending this game. A fumble on the offense and a sack allowed on Ed Ingram's man. Okay. How how does that like this is so predictable, so predictable, and so and I, I actually think Ingram's getting better, and I know there's been some analysis of it suggesting that he is getting better, and yet it is so predictable uh, the way that the Vikings are going to go here, and so it's it's an interesting kind of issue in a sense where again the team has talent. They didn't just get trounced by Kansas City, who is, in fact, a very good team. Not just solid, as some might say, solid Sam, but uh, actually very, very good elite team. I would pick the 49 If I was doing a power ranking, I'd put the 49ers at number one. Lowest I'd go in the Chiefs would be three. So I don't like moral victories. I don't think there's a moral victory from this game. But if you were into that, you'd say that, you know, they kept within a score against the champs. Um but they're just from the timeout issues to the Ingram sack to the turnover to the inability and unwillingness to run the ball uh, to just when you're okay, you go into this. This is a heavyweight bout. We are going against the champ and your top receiver, Justin Jefferson, best receiver on planet Earth, comes away with what three catches and what 28 yards, something like that. Yeah. I know it gets hurt. I know it gets hurt, but he was dead for the majority of the game. Right. He got hurt in the second half. So there was opportunity there. And we can talk about, you know, maybe some of the good things he did beyond just catching the football. But um, I think the Vikings right now are a little bit of an incoherent mess. Um, 
just there's there's a lot going on there, right there there is a lot going on and i think like though it's interesting you, you talk about the book uh book earnings there in the sense that like again yeah. you 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 turn on the game you watch it and you say well okay like i see oliver running out the field it's like that's a really nice first play and then it's like the ball's gone it's like like really this is how we'll start today uh exactly against a team that you know you have to be pretty close to perfect against and it, again like he had like I, we can sit here and say just hold on to the ball and again you that is your job you need to hold on to the ball uh he did have several guys surround him and and uh pop it out but it's like you need to hold on the ball and then you said that last play like i don't know kansas brought three guys on that last play i don't think they they didn't bring a whole lot of pressure um they overloaded the one side right right? so i think i think they brought four but they overloaded one side um and of course that's that's intentional or maybe you just bring one guy from one one person from the one side of the offensive line and then you basically have you know two on one but then the other side where you have you stack three uh and then you have three one-on-ones right and so it's you kind of make these two offensive linemen not useless but you kind of make an extra guy kind of not that important. Meanwhile, the other side, the three guys are fighting for their life because it's all three one-on-ones. And that's just kind of smart defense. Smart smart call from Steve Spagnola, who actually, Kansas City has a legit defense. Right. Really legit. But but again, like you usually, you think that Cousins is going to have a little bit of time. You need him to have some time to be able to make a play at the end. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, like you, you mentioned, Nate, we usually don't, min- like we try to stay away as much as we can from mentioning players' names, but it is enough of a pattern now that you you have to say it yep. and like you have to know kansas city's thinking you know what side are we going to attack it's like wow well, we it's pretty clear what side we're going to attack right now um sure yeah and and why so, would you do anything different no yeah. right so i um i hear everything you're saying and i it's like this is um it's just at this point it's kind of confusing to figure out what this team is and like what the direction is. And again, uh, I've got a few different thoughts, but one of the things I know, like Tony Romo mentioned it yesterday, and I don't remember what statistic he was talking about, but he was talking about the Vikings team this year versus last year. And I don't know if you remember this, but he actually suggested that. And I know I've seen some stats that people have floated around that in some ways, the Vikings this year, statistically from some of these metrics are actually as yeah. good, if not better, uh, than yeah. they were last year. Um, I, I was thinking this morning, though, like, like the Vikings are one and four now. They're, they were thirteen and four last year. So to repeat last year, they'd have to win twelve straight, which is <laughs> yeah. like right. It's good point. It's insane. Yeah, point. It, like yeah. so, I guess I'm just like, what? Like, is there any positive to come from this? Because really, the only statistic that matters is a win and a loss. But like, yep. is there something about this that, like, as a competitive rebuild, you're actually encouraged that thing, good things are happening and you're not winning? Like, I, I don't know. Like, what do you? I, I don't know what. Like, what, what are you cheering for at this point? So the good thing with the competitive rebuild, which I think we've maybe talked about before, and and Quasi Adolfo coming from an economics background and more specifically, uh, someone with an investment background, you know, working on Wall Street, and he's referred to the team and the decision he makes as his investment portfolio, which makes sense. You know, he's putting it in terms that he understands given his profession. Um, now the good thing with his portfolio right now 
is he's neither like all in on growth stocks, nor is he like the most risky, you know, high upside investments, nor is he all in on uh, like safe, super drab, just, you know, steady growth, this kind of thing, not outpacing the market. You know, he's kind of in that middle and he can either become ultra aggressive or safer as the season goes. And he can kind of move back and forth given where his portfolio is at. Point being, Sam, that he can, within the competitive rebuild in the season right now, you can shift to one side or the other pretty easily, I think. And at one and four, as you're suggesting, only one reality matters in the NFL. And that is that you've lost four games and only won one. So you're therefore a bad team, objectively so. And so point being that Quasi can shift over to the rebuild portion quite easily, right? This isn't like... I don't even know what a good recent example would be, but this isn't um, a team that had fully 100% loaded up on this season. Uh, instead, they kind of went in trusting that they would be competitive because they were trusting they were going to have an elite offense. And so far, what we've seen is an elite offense when it comes to being able to pick up yards and move the football, but not an elite offense when it comes to holding onto the football and scoring points. And so, and again, this kind of... Um, I'm not pinning four losses solely on Kevin O'Connell, but when you are the head coach, you do get that criticism. And when you are the offensive minds, uh, you do get some of that criticism. Uh, right now, uh, the Vikings aren't winning primarily because their offense hasn't been good enough. You know, the defense is going through some growing pains, but the offense was supposed to be elite. That, that was the formula. And we could all see coming into this game, you had to control time of possession. Run the ball effectively. You had you had to win the turnover battle, and that begins with when you have the football, don't cough it up, don't give it up, right? And those things didn't happen. And so, and I know it's it's so easy for me to sit here, you to sit here. We have no skin in the game. We're not in Egan. We're not in the building. We're not doing anything directly with the team uh, in order to prepare them or so on and so forth. It's so easy for us to say it. Uh, and yet it's also so easy to see what these issues are and so easy to see that they're coming back to bite them in the butt week after week after week. And you kind of just wonder, you know, one of the first questions asked of Sam or asked of Sam, asked of Kev, uh, Kirk Cousins following the game was, uh, do you wish Kevin O'Connell could play and faster to you? Because you just think you're, you're getting to the end of the game and you have no timeouts left because of, you might say some, you might, you know, question how the timeouts were used, the failed challenge, not getting the right personnel in the field for that defensive play. You know, there's the early burned one on the offense. So you got now you got no timeouts. You're trying to come back. Um, Vikings take, you know, they, it's fourth down, right? You can't, uh, and you can't stop the clock either. You take a delay of game, right? That, to, so you turn this, this fourth and seven into a fourth and 12. That kind of thing is backbreaking. Backbreaking. I mean, uh, is the difference between winning and losing? No, not necessarily. But it's one instance of uh, just this operation not being smooth. It's a little bit incoherent. You know what I mean? And when you add it all together, you just step away and think to yourself, oh boy, there was a lot wrong there. Like like the, the game as a whole, game as a whole. But that is one instance of it being wrong. And you kind of wonder about... Um, what can the coaching staff be doing better? Did 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 Kevin O'Connell get the best of Andy Reid today, or did Andy Reid get the best of Kevin O'Connell? Right. Yeah. 
it's um i guess that's where maybe that's it feels like that's what's happening because like as i watch i'm like there's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of good here like in some ways there's there like, is like, yes like, there is good like, oh like there's there's good here and it's like oh like it's like you see this and you see these glimpses and it's just like i think it feels almost like it's um it's not a polar opposite of what happened last year but last year just felt like there was these times where things just went right even when they yep. probably shouldn't have yeah um, exactly and this year it's like things should go right but they're not like i i think about that second quarter in particular right you've got like the first time you get this drive where kansas is basically moving you up the field by penalties right like you are moving right. the ball because again uh like you talked about justin jefferson and, and making an impact i know maybe you're going to talk about this but like all these penalties were like he's drawing these penalties and you're moving up the, the field and it's like like you're inside the 20 and it's like okay like we're we're doing this and we're we don't have to like we're, we don't have to like this, it's not very strenuous like we're they're helping us move the ball up the field and then you end up settling for a field goal and then again you've got the the great uh fake punt uh and it's like whoa like that's a real momentum shift right you think about mm-hmm. turning over the ball in that situation and you keep on the ball and it's like okay like let's do this let's build on the the good that's happening and then you settle for another field goal and it's like just you got to take advantage of those opportunities when they come and this team just it just i guess that's the thing is like it feels like the there is a lot of good but the actual like finishing talent here of like completing those drives finishing the job doing the right thing uh at the right time making good decisions it just feels like it's missing. And I think, again, I, I've never really loved blaming stuff on coaching staff, but you might have something here. I'm not, I think that, I think most Vikings fans feel pretty good about Kevin O'Connell, but the last few weeks, there's definitely been some things where it's like, yeah, I don't feel great about that, or that feels off, or yeah. this feels like a, a miss. Yeah. So I like Kevin O'Connell. I like his demeanor. I like the way he treats the players. Seems to treat them with respect. You know, it's kind of like um, you kind of get the sense that it's like shoulder to shoulder, rather than being like truly hierarchical. You know, what I'm saying? in a sense, let's uh, just you know, it's fine. Like the football is a hierarchy, and at the end of the day, he's the head coach, and he does you know command that respect. But um, he definitely kind of feels like a bit of a player's coach, which again isn't bad necessarily. Um, but there's there's been some issues. There's been some issues. Like you do wonder about how efficiently the play call gets in there. You do wonder about whether Kirk Cousins is being overloaded at the line of scrimmage. You do wonder about, you know, think think back a couple weeks, not clocking the ball at the end of the game and how much time ticked off. And then the then the ball was sent into Hawkinson and intercepted. And the whole thing was just rushed. Which is, you know, this kind of rushed incoherent. It wasn't smooth, which is kind of what you're saying. That rhythm is not there. And so you get moments of competence, even moments of brilliance, where you say, wow, that looked good. Wow, that was a brilliant play call. That looked great. But has it? have we had that rhythm where it's like things are clicking? And this is a well-oiled machine, you know what I mean? And things are just kind of moving in kind of a nice manner. Kevin Seifert, Vikings beat writer for ESPN, he, point, he pointed out here now, three games in a row, the Vikings have fumbled the ball in the opening possession of the game. And think back to last year, how often the Vikings look like masters in the opening 
you know, opening bit of the game, that, that opening script, right? And uh, basically the direct inverse, you know what I mean? Of not this like, again, this like beautiful rhythm where they pick you apart, they get various playmakers involved, they go and they finish with the score. Now it's the exact, in a sense, the exact opposite. I mean, they're still trying to get various playmakers involved, get the ball into you know, everyone's hands, everyone feeling good, and then they fumble the football. Uh, there's there's a ways to go yet for the Vikings. These Vikings aren't it. They they may it's possible they may still turn around the season in the sense that they could maybe fight for a wild card berth. But these Vikings aren't it. There's just no way they're close to the Eagles or the Niners or even the Cowboys, right? Like even some of the teams who, or frankly, even the Lions as well, right? There, there are clearly four or five teams in the NFC, NFC who are indisputably better than the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And I guess that's where, like, I'm, I'm not really sure what the goal is at this point. Like I, again, you, yeah, you're, you're right. You're not giving yeah. up, but like, do you want to make the playoffs be a seven seed and then get crushed by who cares whoever yeah. like like what's the yeah. what what's the point of that but like who, I, yeah exactly like, like i don't again you want to make the playoffs and like who knows like this team has been okay in some way like i think what you're saying like it's like it's not like they can't pull it together but they haven't pulled it together and so what's going to change uh that allows them to yep. to do that but you, like you did talk about there is a chance to turn around, like right, like next week you have got the Bears, and so a division yeah. matchup. Who, who like, just had an impressive win? Who, I mean, right. You know, so it's... you've got the Bears, you've got the 49ers next, which again I think we can all just like, oh like I might not even need to do that game. Like, uh, yeah, like, let's it's, that game's lost. It's a Monday nighter as well, so yeah. I don't know if you're into the prime time stuff, but Monday nighter against the Niners, freaking good luck. You know what? Uh, I was gonna say throw throw Jaron Hall in there, but that's a terrible idea because that would be a terrible way to start your career. Like, but it's just like it does feel like a bit of a, a write off game. But then then you've got the yeah. Packers, you then you got yeah. Falcons, then you got the Saints, then the Broncos, then the Bears again before you hit your bye. And week thirteen bye. Yeah. I think you can argue that the Vikings again maybe not what they've shown so far, but other than that 49ers game, those are all games where realistically they i don't know i'm i'm even hesitant to say they should be favored cuz like what we've seen so yeah. far but in a sense they you can make a a reasonable case that they should be favored against yeah. all those teams and so then you look at uh, that like again it would take a lot of work and it would take some things to to pull together but you could have a winning record going into that bye but at this point i'm just like yeah why like is that is it worth it you get to yeah i mean so either in all likelihood not that same i actually know what's going to happen but in all likelihood either philly or san francisco is going to be the two seed best case probably right now for the vikings is to be the seven seed so you're going to go on the road and travel to either san francisco or philadelphia in the playoffs and expect to win again like sports are unpredictable it's part of why they're fascinating because we don't know what's going to happen. And so that's part of why sports kind of have this magic, right? But, oh, man. And even then, Sam, like, I don't know if they should be favored against the Packers and the Falcons. I mean, those games are on the road. I mean, the Broncos are horrendous, so they should be favored against the Broncos. The Bears games, they should be favored. The Saints, though, you know, probably not. Saints defense is pretty good, man. And it's like, oh, God. and of course the Niners. 
I think we said that last time. That's going to be like a bunch of teenagers going to a party with like Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers. Like they're about to get slaughtered. You know what I mean? Like it's just the Niners game week seven is going to get ugly. The Niners just, we were just looking at this, Sam. Like they just destroyed the Cowboys. The Cowboys are miles ahead of the Vikings. And I know that's that's not really a good way of doing an analysis because each game, as Cousins will say, is its own entity. And they kind of exist in isolation. Who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell puts on a clinic that day. But that's like at best a 99% one kind of thing. And I mean, well, like I'll put it this way, Sam. If you were doing a, a power rankings right now, just as like a kind of a general, if you had to guess, where where would you slot in the Vikings in terms of a range of like where where they belong right now amongst thirty two teams? Where would where would you think you'd put them, roughly? Um, high twenties. Yeah, but like, yeah. and that, that's probably being a little bit generous. Although I do think that even I think that even outside of the Vikings market, people would say this team is better than a one and four team. Yeah. But it like I don't know. I just that it that. It doesn't do anything for me at this point. Like, like what? Like they're one and four. Like you could say that they're better, but like, yeah, who cares? What? Why? Like why? Why? Because you've done some stuff. Yeah. I like again. I, I think we know it's there, but uh, like I do think that again, there are some teams that are really bad. Um, in some ways, I don't know yeah. how you feel. Like we're gonna get a chance to go against some of those teams, and that's will, right. Yeah, Bears, show, Broncos. It will yeah. show where the, the the Vikings are. Like you'll get a chance to play against some of these teams it's like yeah maybe they're not that bad or maybe it's just and i guess this is where i'm and maybe we can wrap up here like because i think that going into the season again you came off that 13-4 season you're like you know what that was a little bit of like lightning in a bottle maybe it's not fair to say that but like it was like i think and we were quite honest last year i felt like things are going well and and just enjoy it while it lasts because it doesn't always work like this uh and we're seeing special season seeing that now um but I guess this is, I'm just like, were we wrong to think that this team was still going to be able to be competitive this year yeah. or not? Like, cause I think in the off season, like we talked about, like, you know, maybe this is a 10 and 17, which again, it's 10 and 17, which like is good. Not great, but yeah, this feels, um, I don't know. I just, it feels like maybe the expectations were wrong. And I think, um it's interesting yeah because again i know it like we're we're just under a third into the season now um but there's enough of a trend that shown yeah. that um you can start to to uh make some analysis of this is maybe what this team is yeah and i mean you think of the win too sam that was against the panthers who are horrendous right so and even then that game you were losing and it took that, you know, Harrison Smith uh, strip sack. Did you want him to scoop and score? Which, again, it's, that's not for nothing. I mean, they went out and they made the play, so give them credit for it. But it's not like the Vikings went in there and decisively beat an inferior team. There's almost like a sense of relief. You know what I mean? They'd be like, whew, whew, escape that one. Okay, going to have to be a lot better against the Chiefs. Right? And it's... So you just kind of think... Now, what I do think is happening here, and this this theory can't be proved true, until uh, I don't know, close to the end of 2024. But how about this one, Sam? I'll kind of end you with this thought. 
Uh, the Vikings are kind of experiencing like a little bit of a Goldilocks existence right now. Last year was probably a bit too hot. You know what I mean? They're they're like 13 4, they're a good team. They'll eat, the record says they're elite, one of the best teams in the NFL. They end up getting bounced by the Giants in the playoffs. The Giants are actually a horrendous team. Um, but the Vikings lost them. So what does that tell you? Now, I don't actually think the Vikings are worse than the Giants, nor do I think they're as bad as this one four record would suggest. And so I think right now they're a bit too cold, a bit too cold, right? So the theory then, at least, is that maybe by next season, we'll kind of see them come back into where they are. And the hope is that this will be a progression towards getting better and better and better. But hard to say. Uh, so I kind of got this Goldilocks theory right now, Sam. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, I think that's fair because again, I like even I think about you asking where the team is. I was like twenty. I was like, is that too high or too like? But I, no, I I do think that there, like we said, there are some good things here. Uh, yeah, and I do think that in a sense, one and four is maybe not like you could look at all those losses. And again, we knew that both the Chiefs and the Eagles was going to be a tough game. Uh, still a one score game, but you can definitely look at some of those games and say, I mean, you know, what, if a decision went a different way or if you, you did something different could expect the possibility of a different outcome um but yeah i do i i do uh i don't think this team is that bad but it is definitely um feel like something is just you talked about incoherently it just doesn't feel like the rhythm's not there that not we've there. Seen. and that's it is what it is and i guess that's where i'm just like so what what is the the plan now um and it'll be interesting to see okay, what well how, how about this how about this then can i give you this final thought what's the plan now let's say you find out later today jefferson's gonna miss the next two to four games with the sam and i actually don't know sam does know i don't know but it's a hamstring injury assuming it's just like a strain or a pull you don't want to rush him especially for what might be a meaningless season because he is your long-term cornerstone right so if Jefferson's you're one and four, let's say Jefferson's out for one game, two game, three, four, whatever the case may be. Like, do you fully lean into the rebuild if you're if you're got the GM cap on, or what do you do? Yeah, I guess it like I think you um outside of the guys that are, are cornerstone players in this team, and it'd be interesting to see who you put in that. I think obviously Jefferson and, and Darius are uh yep. clean there. I don't know who like like lock lock. I don't know who else you put in there. I like football's not set up in the way that other sports are, where you like are going to completely unload all of your veterans on expiring contracts. Uh, yeah, right at at the deadline. But uh, I think you definitely have to listen and think about what are the offers on the table. Like, is there are there guys there? And mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I I think that not until the last few weeks do you really start to like bench maybe starters for younger guys to give them opportunities uh, i think that's that's not a decision you can make um certainly before the trade deadline um but mm-hmm. i like that would be the way that i would go if if this yeah, is I, there and like even yeah. like you said jefferson like i'm like you know what you need to be 100 percent, maybe even 105 percent before you, you come back exactly don't do not bring him back to like, the game before he's like 100% healthy as you're saying 105% healthy 110 like whatever like do not rush this guy he is too important to your future 
Yeah. Especially especially after all the stuff, he's not extended. No. Right? All he has is one more year in his deal. And the fact that he was questionable and on the sideline says that it wasn't so serious as to threaten his year. Thank God. Right? And yet, you also don't want to get it to a point where this lingers throughout the year and becomes a thing that hinders him. You want to, whatever it is, hopefully it's very minor, you deal with it 100% and then proceed from there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe um, it will be interesting to look back on this podcast episode when the Vikings eventually go on to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, (laughs) Sam and I are going to feel a little silly. Yeah, um, feel a little silly here. Yep. And you know what? Glad to be wrong on this because. Oh, totally. Yeah. You don't want to cheer for for, um, for your team to suck, but at the same time, uh, don't be seven and ten. Don't don't uh, like just don't don't get stuck in the middle. um, Is is kind of where where I'm at. But um, yeah, well, we'll we'll wrap up there again. Be interesting to see. I think uh, this Chicago game is actually going to be intriguing now to see what the Vikings do. And uh, I think as much as you you do wherever you fall. I think you want it to be competitive and it, I think it would be interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I am curious to see what this Vikings team does. Cause right now we've had five, one score games. Um, what happens here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, that's five, one score games. They're one to four. Yeah. Lost well, all, lost all three at US bank stadium. That, um, that sucks. Um, <laughs> it does suck. It does suck. It just in case sucks. anyone's confused. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. Yeah, um, that's a poor outcome. Yeah, all of this solid analysis is what you come to for uh, from Notes to the North. So that's why you come in Notes for North, man. Um, yeah, exactly. Good. Well, we'll wrap up here. Thanks everyone for listening. Check out uh, coverage vikingsterritory.com, purpleptsd.com. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks.